0: So I have a question. How are small business owners like us who are spending 60 plus hours a week working in our businesses and are still struggling to make ends meet? We have no time to spend with family, friends, or the things we value most in life. We feel trapped inside of our businesses and it is consuming our lives. How do we get the freedom to be able to work on our businesses and not in them? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answer. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. What's up, everyone? I'd like to welcome you to today's podcast. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. So I'm really excited today because I have a really good buddy of mine on today. His name is Gary Chupik. I've known him for eight plus years. Uh, we met years ago. Um, when he was a pastor and me and my son, Joshua, went to Seattle, Washington and helped him sell fireworks as a fundraiser for his church, which was probably one of the funnest things that I've done. And we did that two years in a row. So Gary's just a great guy. He's he's transitioned in life now and uh, he does a lot of uh, coaching. So uh, the great thing about this is, is that um, he's he's going to be on here. He's going to share some of his thoughts and our, today's topic is creating a championship culture game plan at your workplace. And if you want to find Gary Chupik, what I'll do is it in the notes today, I'll put his website links and all that fun stuff for you to find him. But you can also go to Gary Chupik Leadership and Strategic Planning. You can Google that and you can find Gary or you can go to www.garychupik.com. So anyhow. And the way you spell his last name is C-H-U-P-I-K. So, anyhow, Gary, welcome to the podcast today. I'm glad to have you on. It's it's been a while since I've seen you, but uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun to be here.
0: Yep. So today our topic is creating a championship culture game plan at your workplace. So can you tell me a little bit about that? First of all, can can you you just kind of give me an, an, an intro for that?
1: yeah i mean when we talk about culture and we talk about something that's very difficult to define for most people but i try to make things simple and uh and put them in sort of bite-sized pieces so people can understand what exactly we're talking about when we're talking about culture and one of the interesting things about culture is that we don't realize the monetary value of having a strong culture because there's a there's a direct relationship between culture and how much money a company brings in and so If there's not uh, a conversation around just sort of the financial aspect of culture, there should be.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what is your definition of culture? Tell tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, John. Um, First, let me just chat just for a second about what culture is not. And I think a lot of organizations don't understand culture. And so they think culture is like uh, football Fridays. You know, it's a. putting a poster up on a wall. It's, uh, you know, free meals during the week. And that's not what culture is. Culture is actually the beliefs and behaviors that drive a business to accomplish its mission and its vision. Let me say that again. Culture is the beliefs and the behaviors that drive a business to accomplish its mission and its vision.
0: All right. So, that is that 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 is really interesting because because it it's and it's also really so true because in, in in my organizations everybody that's listened to my podcast or whatever they 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 know that I own ten UPS stores and it's creating that that particular taking our beliefs and infusing it into the business and sometimes it's really hard to do this so I've got a question. We've heard that culture eats strategy for lunch. Is that a true statement? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it's a great
1: soundbite, but I actually don't think it's true, um, and, I, and I don't think it's a binary either or. I think you got to have both strategy and you have to have culture. So the question sort of supposes a false pretense which is that one of them is more important than the other, which is actually not true. And and it almost supposes that if you had to choose one or the other, that you would choose culture over strategy. But you have to have both. They work in coordination with each other. So a better understanding of culture and strategy is that they are both needed to be successful. If you have one without the other, or if they're out of balance, then you're not going to have a successful organization. In other words, you can have a car... Which is your strategy, but you might not have any gas in the car, which is your culture. And so you yeah. need both for it to be effective. And the end game is to fulfill your mission. So this so the culture helps fulfill the mission.
0: Yeah, because culture is belief-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is culture so important then?
1: Well, this is interesting too. It's funny how much correlation there is to sports and business and sports. And so as you talk about sort of a culture in sports or the culture of a team in sports, you talk about, a. we often talk about a winning culture. And it's interesting in business, every business wants to win and people want to belong to a winning organization or a winning business. So that idea of belonging to something that is successful matters a whole lot to people. And so nobody wants to work for um, you know, a losing or a struggling business. Everybody wants to work for a winning one, just like in sports, everybody wants to play on a winning team and wants to be winning. So I don't know if it's that much more complicated than that. everybody wants to belong to a winning organization.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's very true. I mean, the thing is that people come and go from companies because of culture, because because culture sets the atmosphere for that work environment. And it's, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it's, and it's so vitally important. And people oftentimes overlook what culture is and what culture does. So companies talk about culture all the time. They talk about it during onboarding. They talk about it at meetings. But most employees still cannot tell you how they're building or eroding culture, you know, What do you find to be the what do you find that most companies miss when it comes to culture? Well,
1: most companies miss at least two things. But one of the hidden aspects of not having a healthy culture is is this idea called discretionary energy. So when you have a really healthy culture, employees want to give their discretionary energy to a company or a business. So in other words, they could be better. I was reading a book called um, Beyond Engagement by Brady Wilson. And in this book, he talks about how most employees only give about 50 to 60% of their energy toward their job. So you're talking that you have like between, you know, 40 and 50% of someone's energy sitting in the drawer not being used. and uh, And that kind of productivity would have a dramatic effect on the success of our business. So what if we could recruit that 40 or 50% because they're passionate, they're involved, they're engaged, they believe in the culture and they participate and add to the culture rather than erode it. Because when you only have 50% effort from your employees, you're, having, you're actually having an eroding uh, sort of effect on the culture of an organization, which affects its ability to accomplish its mission and vision. So um, so when we talk about uh, what are a couple of things that companies are missing, I think, number one, they're missing a culture game plan because if you don't have culture by design, you absolutely have it by default. And so if you get to choose the winning culture, why wouldn't you design it in a way that would be make the company successful and move forward? And so this idea of having a culture game plan, I think, is really, really important because you have a culture. Every organization does have a culture. Every business has a culture. Every team has a culture. Um, the question is, is whether you are going to design it or you're going to have it by default. And, and if you have it by default, it will most likely be detrimental to your organization. So the first, the first one is that I think it's missing a culture game plan. And I think the second thing that it's missing is a company that is all about it. So I think we can talk about it on the onboarding process, as you mentioned. We can talk about it in a, you know, we can look at it on a poster on the wall. But if we're actually not executing our culture on a weekly or a daily basis, then we're really not participating in the culture. We say we have a culture and we talk about it maybe sort of objectively, but we're not really about it and using it as a template for our daily or weekly actions or behaviors in the organization.
0: So, you know, this, I find that, I find that just so interesting because I, I go back and when I first started business, I mean, this was 19 years ago. And, um, and I had no idea what culture was. And so by default, I had culture based upon my personality and my beliefs. Now, this is the interesting thing because of who I am, because of my beliefs and my energy level and everything else, I created a culture with Inside it, I didn't even know. And it was, and it wasn't a half bad culture, but it was later on whenever I started learning about these concepts that then it became by design And, and you're right. I struggled for the first first 5 years of my UPS store cuz I didn't have a design a game plan um it was just kind of I was just kind of treading water just going, here we go you know I went into work every day and kind of did stuff and it was just kind of funny um and like I said the culture wasn't bad and in the first year my culture went from something that I was based upon my previous job to something that this is the way I want things to be because before it was very funny because, because I went through this cycle of I was way too lenient in the beginning because I came from a job to where I had a boss that I hated and he hated me. And it was just a, it was just a horrible culture piece there. And so then I just came in and I was just like, here, I have everything. I love you guys. Everything's great, but you can't run a business that way. And then I got too harsh and you can't run a business that way. And so then I developed this little philosophy called firm but fair. And so you know, and so and then that's when I started planning things out. And so it was it, it was from that little philosophy, firm but fair, that I started developing this culture. Mm,
1: that sounds excellent. That idea of firm but fair. Uh, what's also interesting is this idea that you transition from how to lead yourself. And how to create a culture within your own, you know, your own body and your own mind. So you had a culture that you carried around you. But the way that we carry ourselves and the standards and expectations that we have for ourselves, they're different for our families, right? We don't have the same expectation on our family as we do on ourselves. Yeah. We might have a higher standard for ourselves than our families. And in part of that's because we can't control everybody's actions within our family. But in the same way, you don't run a business the way that you might lead yourself or you might lead your family, you lead it in a different way. And so being conscientious or aware of how, what's the best way to lead a business uh, by design is a really helpful awareness because then we can say, Well, I might not do this in my personal life, but in my business life, I give myself permission to do this because this is what makes a a really successful business.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, and and you said the key word right then. You said the word awareness. Awareness is such a huge part in your life. And and I'm going to do a whole podcast on just awareness because it is such a, Big, And in fact, it may end up being a couple of podcasts because it's such a huge topic, but being aware of what's going on in your business and knowing that you, and, and this is the one thing that people get stuck on, especially small, small business owners really get stuck on this is that they don't understand that they need to change because they're not aware of it. So let me get back to the, to the, to, uh, I kind of got down a little rabbit hole there, Gary, but um, it seemed to be a pretty good rabbit hole, which you've known me long enough. I always go down rabbit holes anyhow. So, but, th- but let me go back. So it seems like the two big questions are, and here's the first one. What do we have to understand before we can design a championship culture? Hmm.
1: Yeah. So what you have to understand before you design a championship culture is that number one, it needs to be Intentional. It needs to be by design, and it cannot be by default. So that's number one. And then number two is most organizations leave all types of uh, productivity on the shelf because they're not designing it uh, intentionally. And so, so the, the co- this conversation about culture is not an ethereal, universalistic, like it's way out in like in the air kind of thing. It actually affects our behaviors. So the more that we can talk about culture and, and design it by design, figure out what our core values and what our behaviors are on a day-to-day basis, then we can actually see that it's a very concrete conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to my three basic principles of, of, of a business, which is structure systems people. Okay. And culture is that is, is, is weaved in is, is Im- Im- embedded into that structure that you set up mm-hmm. and Yeah, be, be, at, every, at every level. Yeah. And, 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 at every level, and then you have the systems that you hang stuff onto, onto this culture. And then the people, the people are a very huge part because they, they are the implementers. They are, they're the other things. But the thing about it is, is that, is that if you can get them to buy into culture, everything else is a breeze. Because culture is everything. Because culture goes back to, to, so so I did a podcast a few days ago talking about um, beliefs, behaviors, and results. And it all goes back. Because if you are wanting results in your business, you have to have the beliefs. And what is the beliefs? The beliefs is integrated into your culture. All right. So let me ask you the second question. What is the properly sequenced, sequenced process for building a culture?
1: Yeah, so this is kind of where it gets meaty, right? This is the real equation, and yes. I, I like to keep things really simple for my clients. And so I, I've come up with a really simple equation that makes a ton of sense, and they can just sort of, you know, as soon as they drive it off the lot, they're they can drive it, right? Like they can go for it. So yeah, I love so that. so there's so the equation is this: is beliefs plus behaviors that we are going to choose um, gives us an outcome, and then we reinforce that outcome through shared experiences. So let me explain. So when we talk about beliefs, what we're really talking about is internal core values. So most businesses, they do well to have two, two different sets of values. One of them is an external set of values that you might place on a website. So those are the values of the company. But internally, you have to have a different set of values so that the organization runs smoothly. So what we're talking about is the internal core values or the beliefs. So that word core in Latin means heart. So these are the things that are close to our heart as a business. They're very important to us. We hold these things in high conviction and in high principle. So these are the core beliefs, the core values, the internal core values and beliefs of the organization. And then what we if we discover what one of those might be, then we can attach the behaviors that are necessary to manifest that. Where, I mean, what does that belief look like in real life? And so what I encourage my clients to do is pick one or two. Pick one or two behaviors that reflect your core value. And then we need to be in agreement about what the outcome is. Like we have to understand and be on the same page. If it's going to be organic and we're going to do this together, then we need to understand what the outcome is, why we're doing it. It answers the question why. And then to constantly and finally reinforce it through shared experiences. So let's pick an example um, that I think could be helpful. So let's say uh, a business has a core value of, of communication and so what I would say is, well, what kind of communication? And so let's say clear and timely or expedient communication. Now, this is an interesting one, actually, John, because back in the day, we used to say, you know, you know, give me two or three days and I'll get back to you. Well, now if I send an email or I send a text message, if I don't get a response within a few minutes or, or a few hours, especially when it comes to a text message, I'm just like, if somebody doesn't respond within a minute, I'm just like, well, what's wrong? I mean... I mean, and did this person not get the text? Maybe they're in a meeting and maybe, you know, they'll text me back within the hour. But it's interesting how important the timely communication is. So if you're going to send an email if somebody doesn't respond within a couple of days. You're like, well, maybe they just don't care about my business or maybe they don't care about me. So, So clear and timely communication might be of high value to you and i think there's a lot of nonprofits as well that should think of themselves as a for-profit it would do them really well to think this way now you might say to yourself well gary that doesn't sound like you know you would have a very balanced life or my employees would have a very balanced life if we were having really you know really timely communication and my response to that is we live in a day and age where speed is everything If you don't get what you want right away, you'll go find it with another company or or from somebody else. And so in my world, I've sort of coined this phrase, our kind of crazy. It's like, you know, as a company, what's our kind of crazy? Like if you're going to work here, we expect you to to return text messages or emails very, very quickly. And if that's part of our culture, then in that hiring process, if if someone says, no, I don't want to do that. Um, I don't want to be tied to my phone or I don't want to be tied to that kind of a relationship with my email. Um, Then we say that this job might not be for you. So if it's quick and timely communication, um, the the value is quick and timely communication. The behaviors we return emails the same day or within 24 hours. That's our kind of crazy. What is the outcome of this? So there's a twofold outcome of this. Number one is that we trust each other as employees. I trust that John is going to get an email back to me because I'm trying to solve somebody else's problem. And so John is going to help me solve that problem as quickly as possible. So we build trust within the company because we have clear and timely communication. Um, The other outcome of that is that our customers begin to trust us. So we trust each other as a company, as employees of this company. and And then our customers can trust us because of the trust within our company is so high. And a shared experience might be uh, a story at a staff meeting. It could be a win because of the speed of our communication. There's, there's got to be some way to sort of reinforce or celebrate what that looks like. So that's one example of, of, um, of a really intentional behavior that's attached to a belief that has an outcome that affects people within the organization and people without the organization.
0: Yeah, we yeah because we live in a, a society of instant gratification nowadays, and communication is one of those things. Um, and and it's and it's really interesting when you talk about that. If we yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna veer off just for a second, Gary. I'm going down my rabbit hole. You know how I am. But um, as far as communication goes, there's so much technology around communication nowadays that you should always have some sort of timely communication, <clears throat> or. If you set expectations, so for people like me and you, we are really busy in our wow. life, and so I started using this app called Voxer, and you can either send messages through it, or you can or you can call it and leave a voice message on it. And this is what I do: I schedule at my time every day during this time frame. I read all my emails. I answer and, and this is for my business this is not personal this I read all my emails, I answer all my Voxers, I answer all my text messages that are business related unless they are urgent and important and if they are they are urgent and important, everybody knows to pick up the phone and call me. If it's not urgent and important, then you send me emails and you expect that you're going to be be done that there's during this time frame. And that's the way I handle that kind of stuff. And so it's not that, and and communication is very important to me, but do you know what's more important to me, Gary? Is my time. Because time is a commodity that I can't ever get back. And so, and that there's a commodity we all have that we can't ever get back. So anyhow, really went down a rabbit hole there. But, But the thing about this is that getting back to, getting back to the organization and getting back to um, culture is that this is part of the culture I've set up for myself, other people in the organization, we've set up different structures for them. So, or different systems for them. This is my system. Everybody knows it. Everybody expects it. So everybody expects, unless it's urgent, you know, if they see me an urgent text, it's not getting answered until between Two and three o'clock in the afternoon. That's just the way it is. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny. Well, I sent you a text. Well, my culture dictates that if it was urgent, you should have called me because I answer my phone. Because I answer my phone for people. Because because I know when you call me, you're not messing around. If you got if you just got a random question that that doesn't matter. You can send me an email or a text or whatever else. This is my communication method. So this is part of my culture with my people so that they understand that my time is valuable and that their time is valuable, too. So anyhow, so that goes what, I, on.
1: what I like about that is that you were clear and timely with your communication to them and you gave them options. And so that was really, really great communication on your part.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks, Gary. Um, and, but the but the thing about it is is that but this is part of creating your culture though. I mean it's it's very vital because you have to be very clear on your expectations within your culture. Because if not, then your culture becomes your employees' culture. Your your employees' beliefs. Yeah. And the thing and, and the, the thing about it is, is that you can't do that. With within culture, you have to have expectations. You have to have defined limits and rules within inside that culture. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm not saying that you can't go in and have some fun with your, with your. I mean, if part of your culture, part of your core values is having fun. You can have fun, but there's still rules to it, you know. You know, you can have cartwheel day and everybody does cartwheels. It's, it doesn't matter. It's it's just whatever you want, man. But the cool thing about it is is that it's all laid out and it's all defined. Because, yes, I mean, I mean, because because, Gary, what's your thoughts on undefined pieces in culture? What does that do to a company?
1: Well, it just adds to the emotional and psychological weight. So a lot of things that we don't talk about and we don't have clear communication over. It's like we're carrying weight. And so there's unnecessary drag in in our relationships and in our business when we, we are constantly thinking about how things should be running, but they're not or what should, someone should say or they're not. And that's why we talk about clear communication because um, oftentimes people will say, well, I didn't know you wanted that. And, and I, might, I would come back and say, How, well, was that a question, what I wanted? And, and they would say, well, for me it was. And I said, but, but it's upon, uh, incumbent upon you to communicate clearly with me what your needs are. And so exactly. that's why you talk about clear communication. It's not just timely it's clear. And when you don't have the information you need, it's incumbent upon you to go search that up.
0: So if you can give, give my audience one action step to take right now, today towards creating the culture they want, what would that be?
1: I would say, create the framework for coming up with a game plan by design. And so, so do the framework. So the framework would be, um, identify your internal core values. And I would pick three to five, but no more than five. And then identify one or two behaviors that, that would drive your mission and your vision forward, like those daily behaviors that you would like to see, and then determine what the outcome would be if you all did that because you want to see the win, and then figure out how you can create a shared experiences around that. So I would say create the framework. And one of the things that we could do, John, is I could can, I can leave a sheet or a PDF for your listeners where that can fill, they can I can provide for them a template for them to use and they can walk away, go ahead and print it out and then use it for their own their own business.
0: Yeah, that, that would be great. Um, and so what we'll do is that we'll leave that link in the notes section of this podcast. So this way you guys can look at the notes, click on the link and then you can go get this from Gary. Uh Gary, listen, I really do appreciate you being on on the podcast today. I really do appreciate your time and it is always great to see you so Gary where can people go find more about you and what you do
1: yeah they can go online to www.garychupic.com that's www.garychupic.com or you can go to me I'm, I'm all over the internet too so um in the, in this day and age of stalking one another right so that's yeah right. You go to garychupic.com and you can find some resources there there's something called a Thinking Wavelength that uh, John, you and I have done together, and they can download a free PDF of that if they're interested in that to help them understand how to understand themselves and become aware of how um, we're wired and then how we can encourage other other employees to be able to take that test and they can figure out where they fit sort of in this personality continuum.
0: And, and so I'm going to give you a plug, Gary, because I love you to death, man. But can you just take just a few moments to tell them about the game plan for life? Because this is this is a tool that he that is a very intense piece that he does. It's it's a two day um, game changing strategic planning for your life. Can you just give us a little a little a little bit about that real quick?
1: Yeah. So uh, thank you for the question um, and for the invitation to talk about that. So there's a have created a two day strategic plan for somebody's life. It's a high level leader's life, someone who wants to optimize every area of their life. And so what we do is just like a business would do a strategic plan, what we do is we do a strategic plan for somebody's life. And so what we do is we kind of take a look at how you're wired and your past, and we think about extending the trajectory of your life in such a way as as how do I become better? How do I optimize myself and, and what kind of a plan do I have for my life that I can follow and be intentional about maximizing every area of my life? So it's a two-day strategic plan for a high-level leader's life, and it's life-changing for so many people. I've taken business leaders, executive business owners, and professional athletes through the process, and, um, and it's game-changing every time.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Gary, so much. Um, also, too, I'll get a copy of this of this information from Gary, too, and I'll also put it on my resource pages um, also. All right, Gary. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's always, always a pleasure to have you To be able to talk with you and just you know, just to be able to pick your mind a little bit, it is such an always just a fantastic thing. All right, guys. Well, we will see you on the next podcast. Um, My next podcast coming up is going to be money talks, and it's going to be about business. So I'm going to release this one uh, upcoming, and then um, then my next podcast after this one will be talking about. Money rules, and it's going to be talking about business. All right, guys, I will see you on the next one. Hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to this episode. Hopefully, what I shared with you will help you in your business journey as we share to help others expand their minds, businesses, and profits. If this episode did help you, be sure to share it with someone else that you know that it will help. We can only achieve our mission if we share it with others and always give first. I hope I can also help you even further by sharing my resources. It is a page that contains all the digital assets we use to expand our business and to help us free up time. The great thing about this page, it is completely free. Just go to resources.expansioncode.com to get your free access. Thank you again for tuning in and have a fantastic day, my friends.